from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Dennis Cooper in for Joe Ovius. Today we'll be back on Monday. Dennis Cox he is the ace producer of this program. He's not corny. No. It's an anti-corny show. Oh, I can be corny. We don't like corny around here. Oh, I feel like... Corny it... pays, though. I'm just going to let y'all know. So if you ever y'all want to be a lame, corny pays a lot of good dollars. I... So it's, it's okay. I... Some of these guys, like, I got to be... T- no, nah, you can be corny. Corny pays millions. I feel like we're going to have to have a longer conversation with you. <laughs> man, about... <you're> corny! <laughs> would I ever date a corny man? No. But, you know, I would be friends with him. I'd be cool with I would do a commercial with corny. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I think he's fake corny too. I'm just gonna go. I'm oh. going to my grave with that. You are just being. <laughs> he's a fake. You're corny, trying to but... zig because I'm zacking right now. <laughs> really, That's all you're doing. I really want to get you to snort on uh, the air because I just really feel like you don't understand that he plays a part. But you know, like he'd be sitting there, like yeah, he might not listen to Future, but I know he listens to some rap music. And then when he goes home, he's like Sierra. I first of all, let's talk about Sierra, okay? Big Sierra fan here. Sierra, every song that she had before she kind of went poppy was about S.E.X. Yeah. In some capacity. Goodies, Oh, uh, Promise. Some other songs were just about, is better get it on. Yeah. You don't marry somebody like that who you're like, oh, let's just go, you know, kumbaya and, you know, zen out with and have yoga classes. Like, no, they got two kids and he always asking for another one. Like, come on, bro. Come on. All right. I'm just saying he's he's corny when he needs to be. If you missed any of that conversation, you can catch it. <laughs> Please on the put that on the rest of the OG <laughs> podcast. In the meantime, it's time to get into the holiday spirit. The WRL Nights and Lights is back for the third year of this holiday season, and tickets are on sale now. New this year, we have an improved and redesigned light route, in-person activities like the Holiday Outpost or Igloo experiences, and of course, a good dose of holiday cheer. Visit WRLNightsOfLights.com to learn more. Now is the time on the programming where you have questions and we have answers. Joe cracked the door, uh. All right, first one comes from John. Hey, Joe, now that the pack are bowl eligible, does that trigger incentives in Dave Doran's contract? And what are the other earmarks? All right, so I am the, the keeper of contracts. And by winning last night, getting the six games, Dave Doran has qualified for them in the minimum a non-CFP bowl game, which is worth $25,000 to him. It also keeps him on track for eight wins this season, which would be worth $50,000 to Dave Doran. And new in his latest contract, there is a bonus pool for the assisting coaches. Eight wins adds $200,000 to that bonus pool. Nine wins adds $300,000 to that pool. That win total does include the bowl games. So, yes, Lots of bonuses out there, and of course, a top. Here's one mm-hmm. in the to be filed under the conflict of interest. If NC State finishes in the final CFP rankings in the top 25, it's 50 grand for Dave Dorn. You'll note, of course, his boss is the head of the CFP <laughs> rankings this year. So o- always one of my favorites. Out. He's gonna cash I don't know. We'll see. We'll I see think, how much I his boss likes. Will. But does the pool mean like he had the pool? They have to split it among all yes. the co- okay the assistants. Okay. Yes. And, and according to trusted sources last night, the coaches were celebrating in the in the parking lot fairly late into the morning. Now the game ended pretty late, so 
But uh, yes, there were there was some celebrating. No, 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 out, out in the. I mean, club, club, club Carter club parking lot. lot. Yes, yeah. there, <laughs> there was some celebrating. You, you've been there. You've been there. According to my trusted sources, there was some celebrating in the parking lot by the coaching staff last night. And you know what? I would celebrate being coming back and winning that game too. I would not celebrate. Would I would not celebrate being down twenty-one-three to that team. But I would celebrate pulling that thing out of the fire. Why would you celebrate that? Because that was a game well, you were supposed to win. You, you just got twenty five thousand oh, okay. dollars. Twenty five thousand reasons too. So <laughs> next one, guys. All right, this next one comes from Gary. Hey Joe, under the Gary Williams death rules, who would you take, Matt Canada or Tim Beck? All right, Candace, I'm not going to pretend that you are familiar with some of my shenanigans, but. <laughs> I have come up with the Gary Williams death rules in mm-hmm. honor of the former Maryland basketball coach. And in my... Is he dead? No, he's not. Oh. But this yeah. is why. Okay? <laughs> and this is why. Jeez. <laughs> Gary Williams from New Jersey is my favorite coach of all time. Okay. I also think he's the greatest basketball coach of all time. Okay. Okay? If you were to have one... at Your life was on the line. Mm-hmm. You had one hour to prepare a basketball game. Okay. You could not ch- choose your roster. Mm. There was roster A, there was roster B, there was coach A, coach B. You had to pick someone to coach this team, and you only had one hour to prepare. Okay. So your life is on the line. <laughs> the coach that I would pick is Gary Williams. Okay. These are the Gary Williams death rules. Okay. Gary is now asking a very, very, very difficult question of me. <laughs> if my only two choices in the Gary Williams death rules were Matt Canada... Former NC State offense coordinator, current Pittsburgh Steelers offense coordinator. Okay. Versus Tim Beck, current NC State offensive coordinator. I don't know. Would would it be like Jon Snow and Nance Raider? Would you just want someone to shoot you with the arrow so you didn't have to burn at the stake? But and you don't get to pick the rosters either. Do not get to so pick the rosters. So you don't know if you have a Benaconda from Pittsburgh or if you have Demi Sumo from NC State. You don't know any of that. None of that matters. Okay. All you know is you need that guy to scheme it up and coach Give your me team Matt up. Matt Canada. Matt Canada yes. is your choice. Yes. I'm going to tell you why I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I thought of this last night watching NC State in the first half. Oh. <laughs> Dave Clawson is my favorite football coach. Wake Forest. I okay. believe I believe he's the best Absolutely football coach in the ACC. Yep. I could make an argument. He's the best co- football coach in college football. Do you know who Matt Canada's two best performances ever came from while, while he was at NC State? Against Wake Forest? Wake Forest. It makes no sense. <laughs> Mike Elko, who's doing an unbelievable job at Duke, and we'll get to Mike Elko in a yeah. second, but one of those was when Mike Elko was the defense coordinator. And I'm sitting here, I'm like pulling my hair out like, wait, wait what? Yeah, yeah. If I have this high of opinion of Dave Clawson, yeah. Ergo, I have to give Matt Canada some credit for those explosive offensive performances in 2015 and 16. Do you feel like Tim Beck is going to bring any sort of explosive offense when they play Wake Forest? Next (laughs) (laughs) rank. Cox. Oh, boy. Ah! Anytime I use next, I get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Matt Canada, Tim Beck. I think everyone just dies in that that, your scenario under there. All right, this one comes from Cuddy. Hey, Joe, does... Anyone other than Mike Elko have a chance to win ACC Coach of the Year? All right, Candace Cooper, Locked On ACC Podcast. You see a little bit more of the rest of the ACC than than I typically do. Is this an open and shut case, or do you think there are others that might have a I think it depends on how Dino Babers and Syracuse finish out the season, but I certainly would make a case for Dino Babers because they were literally picked last in the ACC, and the fact that they were undefeated at some point in the season – 
and they're both eligible in October. Like, there's a lot of ways to give Dino his props. He's turned that program around and had a healthy program, you know. It's been okay. A while. Now, I like you. Yeah. You're aware of this. Mm hmm. But you can't vote oh. for the season award based on what the preseason thought was. Why? You can think that Dino Babers has done an excellent job this year. You want to vote for Dino Babers because of how good of a job he's done. That's fine. But we have a, we have decades in ACC basketball of Seth Greenberg and Dave Lado. Well, look, they were picked. Uh, Josh Passner, who we love on this program. Sure. But they were picked last. <laughs> and look what they did. <laughs> but the way everyone has hated Syracuse and nobody gave them a fighting chance. You don't think that's a reason to give him coach of the year? No. Okay. You Again, he has done an outstanding job this season. You can give him the award for doing an outstanding job this season. But not because. But not based okay. on, we thought you were going to stink, and we were wrong. So, therefore, you must be right. Well, in all fairness, I, I said Duke was going to win six plus, and everyone said I was crazy. I was at ACC kickoff, and I said everyone is sleeping on Duke, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, how could you ever? I'm like, all right. Lo and behold, they're about to be bowl eligible as well. So, honestly, you can't lose with Mike Elko or Dino, but those would be my two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I say Mike Elko right now, in part, again, from he's from New Jersey. But that Georgia Tech loss was like, I don't know. It was overtime. But it's tough for And then me. Georgia Tech just beat somebody else. Mm, Boston College? I mean, it counts. What is it? No, no, they lost to Virginia. They lost to Virginia. Oh, they lost. Oh, They lost to Virginia. Sims got hurt. So? Well, your quarterback gets hurt. It's, it's not so? great. Duke lost to Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that has an interim coach. No excuses. Well, that's probably a good thing. They didn't decide. They decided <laughs> yeah. to play in the fourth quarter. As we're seeing with the Panthers, maybe, <laughs> maybe you get rid I of the mean, guy. I mean, I think Coach, coach. Key is definitely he's both, way better than Jeff Collins. Both Temple guys, by the way. I don't know if we want to. <laughs> I don't know if we need to go there. You know. uh, Cox, we got time for one more. We do. Whoa! All right, this one comes from Candace. Hey, Joe, what are you going to be for Halloween? All right. So, first of all, I did not know. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'll just admit this up front. Mm-hmm. I don't do great at checking my email. I mean, I, I check it like 6 o'clock in the morning when I wake up. And then I I struggle to go back to it. You saw it and blew past it is what you're saying. So I, I, today is not Halloween. I keep checking the calendar. It's the 28th. Even in our neighborhood, I was thinking, mm. okay, makes a lot of sense. Again, Halloween, you can make it whenever you want. Sure. Right? You want to do trick-or-treating tonight? You cool. can do cosplay at any time you yeah, want. I'm in, yeah, I'm in for the do it when you want to do it when it makes yeah. sense. Halloween just happens to be on a Monday this year. In our neighborhood, we decided we're going to trick-or-treat on a Monday. And I'm like, why? You have Friday? You got Saturday? Like, you got, you got plenty of options here. Here at Highwoods, the, the crew decided, without, without my knowledge, really. But with an email. With an email that okay. said, hey, we're going to celebrate, dress up, come on into the office. And you saw some of the colleagues running around here today, and you were like. I saw a pink suit. Yeah. So, so you looked at me and you're like, where's your costume? Yeah. And I said, well, I don't, you know, you I'm 47. You're too old for that. What does that mean? I'm old. People dress up all the time. Yeah. There are people who are 74. You, your your response, though, was actually my favorite part. You're like, but you could still be cool. <laughs> or you you think you could still be cool. It was, no, um, it's there so was cool. Like a, there was a little bit of a. It wasn't? Right. You took that as that? It was, just, like, it was, it was no. slightly. I said, okay, you're dressing up on Monday. What you going to be? So you have an opportunity to uh, dress up on Monday. So what you going to do? I will not be dressing up. Why? See, you have all you all this build up to tell these people you're not dressing up anyway. That's lame. You are you, you going to dress up on Monday? Absolutely. What are you going to be? I'm going to be a bomb chick. I'm. That's easy. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right, let's hit the update here, Cox. And when we come back, we will talk to David Teal. 
Joe Giglio, Candace Cooper in for Joe Obvious today. Dennis Cox is your producer. Last night, Carter-Finley Stadium, it was like the whole range of the NC State experience. Truly. Some anger. Mm. There was some bitterness. There was despair. Was there a little denial? Like, I can't believe this is happening to us. There was denial. There's no way this is happening to us. Then there was hope and ultimately joy as NC State comes back from a 21-3 deficit in the third quarter to rally to win 22-21 freshman quarterback MJ Morris throws for 265 yards and three touchdowns in the win. Amongst my favorite notes, Thayer Thomas, 10 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. Candice, nobody likes it when I or anyone else like, see, I told you, see, I really know what I'm talking about. You just need to listen to me. Yeah. And I, I promise you I try not, like I try really hard not you to be that guy. You don't want to be guy. that guy? I don't, I don't want to be. Maybe she just embrace it. I probably should because mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've said, like, and, and, and again, I'm not like reinventing the wheel here. Thayer Thomas needs to be more involved yeah. than he has been. And then lo and behold, last night, 10 catches. 118 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner to lift NC State past Virginia Tech. Now, though, let's get on the Heaster Automotive Group Automotive Group Hotline. Let's check in with David Teal from the Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. David, I saw you last night at Carter Finley Stadium. Have you recovered yet from what you what you witnessed? I was gonna say we're scarred for life, aren't we? <laughs> this is from someone I think who covered the uh the the three nothing game, right? I did not. Oh, <laughs> I was in I was in Charlottesville that day. So Lucky you, yeah. So David, tell us a little bit about what Virginia Tech's been doing this season because we saw them in Chapel Hill. You know they they got hand they got whipped pretty good by UNC, and I think a lot of people last night were going into that game thinking, all right, NC State even without Devin Leary should be able to handle this Virginia Tech team. But it did seem like we, we saw the best version of Virginia Tech at least in the third quarter of that game. I was going to say, for one quarter, you saw the, the best version of Virginia Tech and the best version that anyone has seen of Virginia Tech this season. Joe, Virginia Tech has played six Power Five opponents, and last night was the fifth time in those games that the Hokies have gained less than 300 yards for the game. How hard is it right now with the Virginia Tech fan base? Because we have experience here in the in the triangle with NC State when Russell Wilson transferred to Wisconsin. And it, it became this referendum on Tom O'Brien. It became this referendum on NC State. And it was like, how could you let this guy go? Hendon Hooker was at Virginia Tech. He is now the Heisman frontrunner at Tennessee. I believe he's really only there because of the COVID eligibility. But a little bit different yeah. circumstances. But what is the vibe there with the Virginia Tech fans who are looking at Hooker and the success that he's having at Tennessee. Not only that, his leading receiver at Tennessee, the guy who caught five touchdown passes in one game, is a former Virginia Tech commit. So wow. let's just double down on the volunteer angst. But I think it makes you know Justin Fuente an even more convenient scapegoat. And, you know, that's the big difference is that Wilson became a referendum on T.O.B. when he was still in Raleigh. And and to a certain extent, Hooker was a referendum on Fuente last year because he had, a, he had an excellent season yeah. 
in, in, in Knoxville in, in 2021 while Fuente was playing out the string in Blacksburg. Um, but, you know, Wilson had the, the, the baseball situation, and there were different circumstances there. And with Hooker, you know, he, ha- he had that peculiar COVID game against Clemson where he said he was too cold to go back in the game and the locker room kind of looked askew with that. And it was, it was very odd, his departure. David Teal from the Richmond times dispatch and richmond.com joining us here on the Heaster automotive group hotline. That's Candace Cooper. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, David, earlier in the week, you wrote about the revenue distribution in within the ACC and how that might change. Um, with some of your reporting and maybe even from some of your sources and even from some of my own, it does feel like Clemson and, and North Carolina are driving the bus a little bit on how to change the model and how to change that distribution. Does that jive with, with what you've encountered? Yes, I, I, I believe you're correct. And wouldn't surprise me, Joe, if Miami is in that boat as well, simply because of no. the <laughs> real. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. They want more? Sure they do. Oh, because Dan Radakovich is still is there now, is what you're saying. Yeah. After exactly. all of his stops in the ACC, he's now landed at <laughs> I forgot. You're right. My bad. Uh, yeah. What do you think some of those realistic options are? I I, I don't think we're going to see anything radical simply because Everyone, no matter their work experience. I mean, John Curry has worked in in the Big 12. He and I talked about this earlier in in the spring, and it gives you pause because essentially Texas bigfooting everyone from a revenue standpoint helped drive Nebraska to the Big 10 and Texas A&M to the SEC now. You know, the ACC's got the grant rights, so maybe you're not driving anyone away immediately, but you have to think a, a little long-term. But I do believe the ACC is moving toward rewarding college football playoff appearances, NCAA tournament appearances. You know, the, the ACC annually over, like, the last six years in the CFP era – is made about twenty million bucks a year on average from the NCAA men's basketball tournament, and Duke and Carolina and UVA have earned the lion's share of that money because it, it's based solely on how many games you play in the tournament. Whereas BC and Wake Forest have combined for one NCAA tournament game <laughs> during that time, and I, I think. There is a sense within the league of, you know, some of you other folks have to perform, and 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 it's and it's going even further than that. It's football investment. I mean, they've got this group of ads that's compiling this database of how much each school is investing in football in certain areas, and I think what they're trying to do is shame the those in the in the rear into up in their game david teal richmond times dispatch i i know you're too proud to tap out on the rest of the college football season but i, I wish you had that option um, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't but the one not. 
the one team who is obviously carrying the load is Clemson. And Joe Avis and I have talked on this program, maybe half-joking, but probably serious. Do you see a scenario where an unbeaten Clemson can be left out of the college football playoff? Yes, I think it could happen. Do I think it will happen? No. Uh, I mean, we're not going to have four other unbeaten conference champions. We we know that much. So I, I, I think that helps. But if, you know, if, if, if it turned out that Clemson ends up playing an eight and four Carolina in Charlotte, or if Clemson ends up playing a Notre Dame team that finishes the season at seven and five, six and six, if South Carolina suddenly fades late, then that strength of schedule is going to be very interesting. David Teal, Richmond Times-Dispatch. Check out his work at richmond.com. Great to see you last night. Appreciate you taking some time for us today. Yes, and please survive the rest of the football season, and we will see you during the basketball campaign. Sounds great, Joe. Thanks, man. Yeah, be good. You think there's still some doom and gloom around the ACC, though? Do you feel like it's still – the way it was this summertime and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, we're not going to exist. Yeah, no, I – you still think it's like that? I think the grant of rights has kind of settled. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is only a, a pause, if you will. It's like a, a timeout. Eight? It's not going to get you to the to 2036. Okay. It might get you to 28. Okay. And you could solve some problems, but I don't think it gets you <laughs> to the end.